But the teabag tag says, says, your strength is your own knowledge. Your strength. Teabag wisdom. Your strength is also your weakness. All right, I think we should start. We've been, uh, the stream is at full capacity. I don't know what that means, but. Yeah, I mean, we've hit Twitch's max number for viewers. It's insane. That's five. That's five. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, here we are. Uh, this is Featherfall Table Talk. I almost said the other thing. Dude, don't. Which it is not. But we should describe it. But we should say. We are now Featherfall Tabletop. Uh, if you are just now getting with us or uh, coming back to the podcast or just joining us on YouTube, wherever you may consume our our uh, our media. Our beats. We have, we have transitioned into Featherfall Tabletop. And uh, I'm I'm happy. I love the logo uh, that Cole did for us. If you want to know these people that like work close and near and dear to us, you should come into our Discord. The link is down below. We have a good time. But uh, anyways, we are Featherfall Tabletop. We're we are no longer Dad Bod D and D. Dad Bod D and D rides somewhere in the cockle of my heart, um, and there will be a spot there always. But we have uh, we've moved over, so if, uh, don't be alarmed if you see Featherfall in in your laps. Can we say can we say that Featherfall into your lap? Uh, there we go. But this is Table Talk. It used to be the podcast, and it is now the Table Talk. We're going to talk D and D news and stuff today. Specifically, we're talking Unearthed Arcana, uh, which is we've been hit hard with Unearthed Arcana lately. So we got to get some of this covered. Um, you can find us everywhere on the internets at Featherfall Tabletop or Featherfall TT sometimes. I, I don't know, again, what our Twitter is. I think it's Featherfall TT. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it, it, it takes some time to get used to the new things. But you can find us. Just type Featherfall Tabletop. We come up. I plugged our Discord. Join that. We have a good time in there. We kind of – that's how I, like, pass a lot of my day is just engaging in, uh, in uh, Discord. And let's see. We are sponsored by School Splitter Dice. We have a new promo code. It is no longer Dad Bod. It is a Featherfall. One word, right? all caps. One one word, all caps. Featherfall. That's going to save you ten percent on some new dice. And I bet if you already bought some with the Dad Bod code, you could buy some more with the Featherfall code. Like, yeah, work the system, guys. Uh, but get yourself some <laughs> dice. <laughs> they they do. I struggle to see better dice on the market. I am not lying. Um, but there we are. So let's talk. Let You got some? Go yeah. So some. we're going to also, we have another sponsored giveaway. It's not a full yeah. sponsor of the channel. I haven't listed it yet, but it's pretty exciting. So pretty much every D&D drinker is probably doing it for the most part. And it's not drugs. It's coffee. So we have some smugglers <laughs> coffee to give away. It will be two two chances to win two different sets i have them they're in my possession they smell amazing and i i can't wait i love the covers of some of them and the you know the names they they're very like D one one -esque. is the tomb of caffeination yeah that's the, one. <laughs> the classic uh 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 what is it's demon? like a it's like a stone demon yeah. yeah um yeah get yourself some and what's worse is you posted the picture in discord and we are currently out of coffee at the house. We haven't made it to the store yet, so it's like uh, messing with me even more. But there's that. I should say, I forgot. We got some one-shots coming up sometime. I know we've kind of uh, stopped those a little bit, you know, with kind of the the rebranding and, and moving stuff around. You know, things get busy coming out of summer. We said that coming into summer, things get busy. But stuff happens, you know, and, and so those kind of got put on the back burner. But there are some... There are some down the down the works there if you want to join those one shots um join our discord exclamation point i want in is going to get you into that secret chat that uh you can sign up for a game if there's some open we'd love to have you all right that's all the housekeeping i'm out of breath so last week we talked about the warlock uh, lurker in the deep and we we had some good stuff to say i think we felt really good about it like uh it, i think it's a solid addition to uh, the subclasses for the Warlocks. So tonight, we're going to continue on that same Unearthed Arcana that came out uh, a week or two ago, and that is the Sorcerer uh, subclass called the Aber Aberrant Mind. 
and as it's a play on the aberrations, right? The monsters, the aberration monsters. So I'll read the little spiel and then we'll see what we what we how we feel about. It. So the aberrant mind. An alien influence has wrapped its tendrils around you, warping you in both body and mind, perhaps a psychic splinter lodged in your psyche after you suffered domination by an abolith. Maybe you were born somewhere tainted by the far realm, a planar blot that changed you forever, or perhaps mind flayers kidnapped you, subjecting you to the nightmarish process of seromorphosis, but the transformation failed and left you altered. We were talking pre-stream that this feels very warlocky. Like you're being kind of touched by a patron. You're being uh, kind of uh, molded by uh, another being, which is weird. And and I feel like, in my knowledge, in my breadth of like a sorcerer, I will say that's one class not many people take. By the way, they usually go yeah. more wizard. Um, yeah. But so with with a sorcerer, right? I, I feel like it's like a learned knowledge to an extent. Most of the time, like most backgrounds are, you know, you went to, you know, I went to sorcerer school or whatever. Yeah. You learn like this school, you know, Hogwarts for D and D. We call it Dogwarts out here. <laughs> um, no, but so right, so it's this learned thing. Whereas, like, I, I feel like it's a warlock. It's like you ask the patron for something, and you're granted these powers. Right. And yeah. with, like, a paladin, you pray to a god, and you're right. granted these powers. Whereas, like, the aberrant sorcerer... I feel like we're saying it differently, too, by the way. Um, aberrant. Aberrant, abhorrent, however you want. Potato, potato. You say how you want. I'll say how I want. But, like, it's this granted power. It's almost like a mutation, too, which is kind of weird. Right. I like it. So... I mean, if you if you think about it with the other uh, sorcerer backgrounds, like Draconic Bloodline, you're getting that power innately through your dragon blood, right? Or you're getting it through, uh, what are some of the other ones? There's like the Shadow Sorcerer and the, the uh, Storm, Storm Sorcerer. I think the Storm Sorcerer is the only one I've played before. But you get it through something, and now that power is just innately in you, unlike the Wizard where you have to study the spell and get it that way. So I can see like maybe, especially like mind flares, like implanted in you and now in your DNA, you have this ability and you have this power. Um, so I like that where it's not so much puppet strings of a patron as it is maybe some other kind of thing. Like, I don't know uh, what a mind flayer might want to do with you later on, you know, knowing that you have some of its, DNA in you, uh, per se. Well, so, I mean, reading on Mind Flayers, right? It's like almost this hive network and hive mentality there that there's like the Mind Flayer like mind, right? I, yeah. I can't remember the exact name off the top of my head, but like they're all aware. So if you enter it, they're aware of something is in their hive right. unless they're like exiled right so when a mind flare is exiled or gets too far away it kind of regains its own consciousness but do, do you think that works in this scenario here or do you think there's always like this telepathic link between the two um yeah the elder brain i think is what you're thinking of um uh, elder brain yeah that thanks that, that, that kind of hive i i like the idea of now you are almost the eyes and the ears of the elder brain or the mind flare colony much like the lurker in the deep last week where you got a kraken is now wanting to send you inland so it can see what's going on this elder brain is now just planting these seeds in all of these bodies to just have a bigger sense of what's going on out there you know much like uh cranium rats i don't know if you've ever uh used them as as a dm or encountered them but cranium rats can see what mind flayers can see right and they have their big brain exposed and they're kind of they're kind of cool kind of fun to throw at a player it's more than just a rat right they have this huge glowing brain but maybe it's something like that and i think that is where the dm and the player can get together and weave uh, a big bad weave uh some of that storyline going in so i think that's initially that's how i would want it to be is and i and pre-stream i was talking to you it'd be kind of cool to Maybe play a character that has amnesia, and now you maybe you get these flashbacks of the the process. 
you know, that you can now start piecing it together. That's that's a very one player driven kind of storyline, but I think there's a lot of things there that you could do. So I kind I kind of like it. What's what's going on in chat? You guys are so no. I was just I was just saying. You know, Stonefly in chat says I'm just going to play a human from Oklahoma that was possessed after an alien abduction. <laughs> I love it. Also, how how like Star Trekian is this? Uh, yeah. Oh, it, so much. Like it's bored, dude. Um, I love it. It, it would be so fun to make like this Borg character. That's not like prosthetics of like you know the the robotic form of it, but like you're part of this hive mind now. There are times where maybe yeah you lose control. Maybe you're yeah. if you get too close to the elder brain, you're forced to to be under Ooh. its power. Or you get too far away and your your mind starts scrambling a little bit and it like tries to keep you near, right? So you got to do some constitution checks or something to uh, uh, keep you close at hand. I'm going to say the more that you and I have talked about this, the more that chat's kind of chimed in, the more I really like this. Because at, <laughs> at first I was just kind of reading it. I'm like, you know, it's I feel like it's a warlock. Like, okay, cool, it's a warlock. But it gives so much like pop culture hooks into D&D that it's such a pop culture hit and it hits on today's like fun you know what I mean I think yeah you can you can tie this into a lot of different pop culture elements and I think it it just bring it's bringing those into your Dungeons and Dragons games and I think sometimes for players that may be uh, new it's it's better to attach to something that's established but put it in this fantasy setting, right? And then you're you're able to kind of pull from that and make it your character and, and make it a little bit more accessible to you. Uh, you know, one way to do it. But so do you, you want to? I'm I'm liking the way this is going. I'm I have I've read through very little of this, so I I'm I'm kind of keeping it all kind of you know as is as it comes up. But so at first level, you get some stuff. Do we want to talk about the unique disturbance? I should read that box text. Yeah, box text. Pay attention to box text. Uh, Regardless of its genesis, so no matter how you get this, the aberrant mind origin imparts a sense of eeriness to the character or their surroundings. I like that. That's like, it's like being strawed without strawed, right? Being in Barovia without having to be in Barovia. You're you're building some eeriness, some, some creepiness. This could be as subtle as when your sorcerer reads a creature's mind with detect thoughts. Uh, anyone in their immediate vicinity experiences a faint or pervasive sense of dread, or it could be unmistakable, such as sweating a sheen of viscous mucus when you're scared, or your people squirming when they're excited. Consider the potentially unspeakable source of your sorcerer's powers, and use that as a guide to weave threads of eeriness throughout your magic. So I like that. I like how it puts a lot into the player's hands. It lets them kind of control. Well, so I think I think we do a good job of that, anyways. Whereas maybe other games, the DM does more of that. So I feel like mm-hmm. in our Waterdeep game, Brittany, who plays Alesta, which is a uh, her god is Ilmata, right? Which is like the god of sacrifice. Um, it has a very like clear thing, and every time she describes a spell, it it it's very like you know apparent that it is tied to Ilmar and it gives players like that the ability to say hey look how you know I'm creepy right yeah exactly she she does a good job of putting that Ilmar flair on a basic spell lay on hands right she makes it very Ilmar based but so at first level you get invasive thoughts and I think this this is working perfectly with this kind of mind flare kind of uh, uh, implementation or implantation at first level, you gain the ability to use a bonus action to magically create a telepathic link with one creature you can see within 30 feet. Until the link ends, you can telepathically speak to the target through the link. And if it understands at least one language, you can speak telepathically to you. The link lasts for 10 minutes and it ends early if you are incapacitated or die. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of cool. I mean, you're able, like, I think of how many battles I've been in where I want to communicate to somebody over there, but I don't want the bad guy to know right right? how many sending stones do we have oh we're out well if i could do this as a bonus action this is just kind of nice uh battlefield uh you know (laughs) uh, controlling the battlefield but again at first level that's a pretty cool ability 
I mean, I, I like being able to do that. That that can be in these uh, social encounters. It could be kind of a game changer because now you can have a character relaying, "Hey, say this." You know, you can you can help people out. And I'm thinking of groups where, yeah, I I, I just think it's it's good at first level to be able to. So I mean, reading through it, there there's no like, it it doesn't say once every short rest. It sounds like it's like an at-will thing you can do whenever you want. So, I mean, it, it's interesting to think, like, you can just pick one creature and you're going to create a link whenever you want, however you want, up to 30 feet away, in the last 10 minutes. So you can just do that whenever you want. Use another bonus action to break the link or stat. Yeah. Kind of repeating. Um, all right. I, I don't know if there needs to be a cap. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I could see... I don't see... think it's like so game-breaking where just using it over and over again is a bad thing. No, but like I could see it being abused. And so maybe... Oh, for, if, for sure. If it were used in our game, I would be like, hey, maybe like three times <laughs> per short rest. Because you could... Just thinking about it, you could make somebody literally go crazy. Just creating this oh, link and constantly yeah. just like bombarding them okay. with... I like it. Because there's no, right. like, there's no saving throws. So until the link ends, you can telepathically speak to the target through the link. And if it so, understands at least one language, it can speak back to you. So how how ubiquitous is telepathy in your game, right? How, how prevalent is it? How out in the open is it? Would a barmaid or a, a bartender... At your local tavern, know that people can speak te telepathically. So if you are like messing with them, would he be able to shrug that off? He or she be able to shrug that off? I, I guess that depends on where you're at. If you're in Waterdeep, I think can't you get in trouble in Waterdeep for doing this? Uh, yeah, is that probably. one of the, the bylaws? Um, but yeah, so I guess it kind of depends on where you're set. If you're like out in bumfuck nowhere and you're doing this with somebody, whoa, I said F. Uh, I think that would have a little more like mind altering kind of thing, making them go crazy versus, you know, a well-traveled town where magic is out in the open. Yeah. And you got to um, be within 30 feet. I mean, it doesn't okay. say line of sight or anything that you can see. Okay. Yeah. It is line of sight. So you have to see them. Yeah. And like, so interestingly enough, so in situations like this, we, we had a, just to digress a little bit, we had a quick talk about line of sight in, in the game. If I mm -hmm. see you in a mirror, is that <laughs> line of sight? I would say yes. I don't know. If it's something like this, I would grant it. If it's like a projectile? But if it's a projectile, not. that would be a little different, right? Because yeah. now you're... That would be like exponentially harder to hit. Trying to hit, so, you know, figure out where the reflections are. So but. if you're in YouTube land or you're on podcast, leave us a comment on our Twitter or YouTube... Listen, like, is that line of sight for you? Are you okay with that? Um, line of sight. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, and not an easy answer. Uh, so, again, at first level, you're going to pick up some more stuff. This is uh, psionic, psionic spells. And I think this is where the knock on the sorcerer is you have, like, a dumbed-down spell list. Like, you don't get a whole lot of access. And I think this is where... Wizards, Wizards of the Coast is hearing what people are saying and they're opening it up a little bit, giving you some access to some more spells. So you are getting uh, uh, you, your aberrant nature, aberrant, aberrant. I think that's the correct, aberrant, aberrant. Nature changes your mind in subtle but profound ways. <laughs> you learn additional spells when you reach certain levels. Um, these spells count as sorcerer spells for you. I, we've all read that same kind of text before. Right. But at first level, you're getting Arms of Adar, which is pretty awesome. And Dissonant Whispers is a solid spell. So, but the, the key word in there, these spells can't be replaced, but they also don't count against your sorcerer spells that you know. So this is in addition to the ones oh, that, sweet. as a sorcerer, you yeah. get. Yeah, which is which is crazy because now you're getting access to all of this, like psionic spells. Yeah, 
I, I mean, I, I, this just keeps getting. And so the the problem is, how powerful is too powerful, right? <laughs> um, and and how like, I, I play a game that every time they release a new character, that new character becomes the meta. It's the strongest character in the game, and now right. you everybody works to get that character right. It, are they doing that with these subclasses? I would rather them do it that way. Like, go overpower and then pull it back a little bit. But I don't know. That's kind of like giving me a whole bunch and then taking it away is kind of, you know, like, I don't know if that's the right way to do it. But I think it's easier to game manage if you give it more and then you take it back rather than underpower it and then push it forward. I think anytime you're giving more power to something, it's you're, I think it's harder to game plan than less power. I think. I don't know. I've never really thought about that, but that is a good question, though. Is this too much? So, reading on, your next thing that you get as a first level is Warped Being. So, starting at first level, level, your aberrant origin protects you from harm. Your body might have a coating of viscous slime, tough hides, scales, or an invisible psionic barrier. Whatever form the protection takes, your AC equals 13 plus your dex. Okay. As a sorcerer. So dex is probably going to be your second, right? Because they're charisma-based spellcasters, right? Uh, no, I, I think so. wisdom. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I would imagine dex is going to be one of your top three. So if you have a plus two dex modifier, you're sitting at an AC of 15. That's pretty good for a spellcaster, for a, a full-time spellcaster. That's nuts for a spellcaster, because if you're like just a straight wizard, um, you're maybe like 12, 11, and then you cast mage armor, so you have to cast mage armor, and then, then you right. might get to 15. But oh, you're right, it is it is charisma. But I, I like this. Maybe 13 is too high. <laughs> But again, if you don't go dex, then you're going to be kind of stuck at 13 or 14, right? But I like this because it's giving you tons of flair. How many pieces of flair do you have? <laughs> like, I like being, just like we were talking with Brittany and Alesta, creating the flair to the spells to be Ilmater. Now you're creating the flair and just your, you know, your, your battle armor. I'd li I like it. I mean, you're able to play around with it and make it your own, and, and they're giving you just pieces to, to kind of grab onto and run. And so they're talking slime, hide, scales, a psionic barrier. Yeah, I mean, so they're, like, they're, cool. they're giving you RP, right? But looking at a quick build, so quick build of the Sorcerer is Charisma first, Constitution second, so yeah, you want to maintain your spells, right? If you're taking damage. So if you take uh if you take the standard array, 15, 14, 13, no, 12, 11, whatever it is, right? I don't Yeah. I can never remember it. You you so you pick you pick 15 for charisma, 14 for constitution, 13, 12 for dex. You get a plus 1 modifier. At level 1, you have a 14 AC naked, okay? Now that's only only if you're unarmored. So then you start taking different backgrounds, different feats, and now you're 15 as a sorcerer yeah. at level 1. That's insane to me. Yeah. They, they do give you some box text here. The, a, the AC calculations don't stack. So when the game gives you uh, more than one way you can calculate your armor class, you can only use one... You can only use one of them. You choose to you choose the one to use. For example, if you have the aberrant minds warped being and the monks unarmored defense, you don't mix them together. Instead, you choose which one to turn. So right. that's kind of keeping it level. Uh, and I, I think that that's not a new rule. That's something that's been in there. So it's just a reminder. Um, I had to be reminded about the the temporary hit points. So it's good to have that in there. Um, but yeah, I and I like. I like them giving you hints to RP. Don't tell me how to RP, but give me those hints. Give me things to grab onto. Um, yeah. I mean, one thing we didn't talk about yet is uh, Beholder could be 
this uh, your your kind of, for lack of a better term, your patron here, uh, which would be kind of cool. I mean, there's a lot of things. Maybe you have a gazer as a familiar. That is kind of cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I really like it, but part of me is like, this is so OP that... <laughs> and we're at level one still. Yeah, these like, are that's, all that's level, level one. Um, so we're getting extended spells, we're getting the telepathy, and we're getting... A pretty beefy armor class for a sorcerer. I will say that uh, that it is a big jump between your next after this, because a lot of yeah. times, like in you, you start to pick archetypes with like fighter and stuff, so you get stuff in between. You jump to level six before you get your next thing. Yeah. So in between there, just as a regular sorcerer, you're going to get font magic, meta magic, and ASI. Um, you don't get anything at level five, and you, you know you get your your spell uh, slots increase. So you're getting some big sorcerer things in between there that kind of set up your character. Uh, that meta magic is is pretty big deal for the sorcerer, right? You're getting your sorcerer points uh, that you can use. So, but that gets us into level six uh, with this aberrant mind. Aberrant mind, yes. Uh, psionic sorcery. So beginning at sixth level, when you cast any of the spells gained from your psionic spell feature. You can cast it by expending a spell slot as normal or by spending a number of sorcery points equal to the spell's level. If you cast the spell using sorcerer points, it requires no components. Okay. I mean, another way to use your, your spell, your sorcery points, not totally great or flashy here. I mean, if you play with components, then this is going to be awesome for you. Yeah, I was going to say, we don't, we don't use components. Um... Right, like I have a bag of new eyes that will never run out. We use it for flair, right? Yeah. Um, but if if you're playing like a critical role type of game where you need to pick up those spell components, this right. is going to save you. And I'm thinking to a game like Tomb of Annihilation when you're out in the jungle and if you're tracking components, ooh, this could be a big, this could be a game changer. There, you're going to be that go-to kind of uh, spellcaster. But so nothing outlandish there. I I think I'm okay with with that. Let's see, you get one more thing at 6th level, so maybe both of these combined might make it something uh, special. At 6th level, you get Psychic Defenses. You gain resistance to Psychic Damage, uh, and you have advantage on saving throws against being charmed or frightened. Which, Psychic Damage, resistance to anything is half damage. Yeah, so you're going to take half damage on Psychic Damage, uh, and then you advantage on Charmed or Frightened. So, ooh, hopefully you didn't pick a, uh, a race that already has that, like... Halfling, or, or uh, elves, you know. So you might you might want to think about that, right? Read ahead. And, so uh, I mean, funny funny thing is, um, just looking at, I found a Google Doc that lists pretty much all the the core spells by their damage type. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's seven. Seven psychic spells. That's it. That do yeah. So that. Okay, so again, I'm now I'm kind of feeling a little deflated. Does this is this an attempt to level it out? Like, boom, you're powerful at level one, <laughs> and you kind of build up to level six, but you're not going to get because most most classes get a big boon at fifth level, right? Yeah. Sorcerers don't get anything other than some more spell slots. Uh, you're not getting like a second attack or anything. Um, so maybe this is this is that leveling out. Like you're you're kind of you're plateauing a little bit. Uh, and I have to imagine that's kind of what they were thinking here. Um, but being having advantage on charmed or frightened, like those are such good crowd control <laughs> things that being having that advantage, which yes, some some races get that inherent, uh, you know, just advantage like gnome or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's pretty good by itself because there are full magic items that do this that like I would have loved to have in a ton of my games because as a barbarian my uh you know my wisdom saves weren't very high. Right. Gonna suffer a little bit. Um and just looking at the sorcerer uh leveling at sixth level you have six sorcery points. So you could uh going back to that psionic sorcery you can cast two third level uh spells with zero components which like would be calm emotions or detect thoughts. But you could cast Dissonant whis Whispers six times. That does 3d6 damage on a failed save. That's nuts. Like, 
that's pretty good. Yeah. And you can cast that six times, which is, you know, back to back. Uh, yeah. Okay, so you don't get anything else until 14th level. You want to read this one? I, I kind of read ahead. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, Revelation in flesh. Beginning at 14th level, you can unleash the aberrant truth hidden within your flesh. As a bonus action, you can spend one or more sorcery points to magically transform your body for one minute. For each sorcery point you spend, you can gain one of the following benefits of your choice, the effect of which lasts until the transformation ends. So the here are the effects that you can do. It looks like there's four different ones, so you can spend upwards to four different sorcery points. You gain a swimming speed equal to your walking speed and the ability to breathe in water. Gills grow from your neck and fan out from behind your ears. Your fingers become to web. Uh, or you grow lashing cilia that extend through your clothing. Ooh. It kind of reminds me of the uh, the fish guy in Hellboy 2. I don't remember his name. Yeah, yeah. Um, you gain a flying speed. So this is bullet number two. You gain a flying speed equal to your walking speed and can hover. As you fly, your skin glistens with mucus. <laughs> kind of gross, but right. I get it. Um, all right, bullet number three. Your body, along with any equipment you are wearing or carrying, becomes slimy and pliable. You can move Whoa. through any space narrow as one inch without squeezing. And you can spend five feet of movement to escape from non-magical restraints wow. or being grappled. I like that. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Last one is your eyes turn black and become writhing sensory tendrils. You are aware of the location of any hidden or invisible creature within 60 feet of you. So, wow. So at, at 14, you're kind of a badass already. But yeah. having you, you this... You have 14, 14 sorcery points. And those, and those regain at each long... I've actually never made a sorcerer, to be honest. I believe long rest. Uh, it's been a while since I played one. Uh, I The first two were okay, like swimming and, and flying. I'm like, oh, all right. Those those are gonna help you get out of some stuff, but the one being pliable, like you could go under a door, you can squeeze through some cracks, you can escape, like use five feet yeah. movement to escape from non magical restraints, like that's kind of cool. I like that visual of a big oaf just coming in and grabbing onto you, and you just squirt out of his arm. Yeah. Oh yeah. And sorcery and then, points do refresh at a long rest. Okay. And then the last one, being able to see hidden or invisible creatures, that's kind of cool. It's kind of you know I yeah. don't I don't know how many magical items off the top of my head or or just spells are out there that can allow you to do this. So I haven't personally come across any in my time playing. So I know they're out there, but I'm just like this is kind of you know unique. Well, yeah, no, and like there are times when I um, run with like a mob i hide them after they're out of your sight right so if you uh -huh. can see within 60 feet of you any hidden or invisible creature like rogues are done <laughs> right right i i feel good about these i again at 14th level you're kind of getting into that you are the heroes the known heroes you have badass stuff that you can do yeah. so i don't think this is out of uh, the realm of like, whoa, man, slow down, don't be doing <laughs> dude, this. Dude, this dude just uh, flew. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. Uh, I I like them. I I think they're 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 kind of tethered into a a modest game. They're not overly game breaking in any way. So I'm I'm totally cool with these. And again, you're picking up flair. You're picking up uh, that everything I. I comment on i think i just want to bring it back to like role playing right you can this is going to help you role playing but it's also going to help you in like puzzles like imagine thinking back to tomb like if you could just fly across this fucking gap that's here like <laughs> oh my god problem solved right yeah if i could just squeeze between these two stone pillars problem solved i think one inch great. you become the hero yeah one inch yeah you know, maybe that much that's that's, that's nuts I mean, on my screen, that looked like you were doing, like, a lot. Yeah, that's, like, that was all six inches. What? Yeah, so we should move on to the next one. You want to read 18th? <laughs> yeah, this is a long one. Holy cow. 
It's like my students, you ask them, hey, you're going to read the third paragraph. It's the longest one. They get all pissed off. All right. Warp, warp reality. This is level 18. So you are like next level uh, sorcerer at this point. Uh, you become the focal point of, of a reality warping anomaly. As an action, you can magically radiate a transparent 20-foot radius aura for one minute. This might take the form of a sphere of rippling psychic energy, a fluctuating amoebic gel, an extrusion of ephemeral parasites. Oh, that, ugh, it's making my skin crawl. Or some other manifestation. Other creatures treat the aura as difficult terrain. So 20 foot radius. So that's 40 feet, right? I was, I was forgetting. Yeah, start to um, finish. Yeah, a difficult terrain. And when they start their turn in it, they take 2d10 psychic damage. When you activate this feature, you could choose any number of creatures you can see to be unaffected by the aura. Okay, that's good. Uh, you don't want to. You don't want to hurt your party. As a bonus action, you can end the aura early. If you do so, you and any number of creatures you choose within the aura are teleported to a location you can see within <laughs> one mile. Whoa, this is coming out of like left field here. Each creature must appear within 20 feet of you and in an unoccupied space. An unwilling creature that succeeds a charisma saving throw against your spell save DC is not teleported. Once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest. Okay. That's interesting. So last for, last for a minute, and you can only use it once per long rest. So, I mean, a minute, right, is a lot. So of... that's essentially all combat, right? Yeah. I mean, that's ten rounds. Yeah. That's going to be most combats. Maybe up at upper level, um, they, they extend a little bit more. And if this... So the crazy thing is, if the... Movement's 30 feet, so if I have a 30-foot movement and I start five feet outside of that, I cannot get to you. Yeah. Because, I mean, difficult terrain halves your movement, right? It's going to... It would take people a minimum of, like, two moves. Most people, two moves to... Two rounds to get to but, you. But guess what? I'm just I'm going to move my full movement away from you. And I always cry a little bit as I did so. But I'm going to move my full movement to get away from you? And you gotta come back through it to get to me. Yeah. But okay. So yeah. so so take this for instance. You do this, and you're like, "Hey, I want to be the hero. I'm going to do do what Vinny did in Tomb of Annihilation. I'm taking a Sarak with me, right? So they would have to do a Christmas saving throw." And Ooh. if they low roll, <sighs> and at level eighteen, your saving throw is gonna be pretty high. Yeah. How many? Let's see how many ability score improvements you get by that point. Level eighteen, you get one, two, three, four ability score improvements. So you could max out and, your charisma. And your proficiency is plus six. So theoretically, you could have a twenty-one DC save on this if you're maxed out levels. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So if you're maxed out and you go full charisma and you're 20 charisma and you're level 18, you have a 21 yeah. spell save DC, not yeah. much beats that. Oh, I, lo I love this idea of putting it out. Yeah, that's a great like escape plan. Like tackle the guy. You're coming with me. Out of there, right? Especially if you like, I'm thinking of like infiltrating to rescue a prisoner get them teleport out you know hopefully they would be willing at that point and they wouldn't have to make the throw but a mile that's per that's 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 far away i mean that's going to take people walking you know 30 minutes yeah to get to you 20 minutes to get to you but i do like the idea of, of putting it out there and then just keep moving back and making them just take 2d10 Trying so, to infiltrate your aura. So, a Sarak has uh, plus five charisma. So, the okay. highest that he could roll is a 25. So, 25. out of 25, there are only four chances, five chances, because so, 21 if he tied it, 21. So, he, he would, would have fail. to roll 16, 17, 18, 19, or 20. Yeah. yeah. He's got a, what is that, a 25%? Yep. So, he's, you have a 75% chance... At a twenty-one spell save DC, to to teleport a Sarak, the Arch Lich that is yeah. 
<laughs> ultimate badass yeah, ever you want with you know a CR of 23 dude you're coming with me for a mile and you kill me now he could teleport back but it's yeah. going to take him some time to deal with me before right right and and you've you've now taken the fight out of his lair yeah and put it somewhere else right that's pretty sweet I, I like that Oh man, I might what, make what one of these of characters if I do one. What kind of things do you fight at 18th level, man? That's Sarah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how? What, what level were we? We were like nine. Nine. Oh shit. Uh, halfway there. Uh, I I like this. I do. I do question though. Is only one feature per long rest too little? Like, should there be some spell sorcery points you can spend? Like, are we okay with it just being once per long rest? Hmm. That's one a day. It's essentially. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think it seems a good playtest number. I'd like to see how it kind of works <sighs> out. But I mean, just being such but, a cool, cool thing. But like, as more. just a hey, I want to do this. It, was it a bonus action initially? I think it's an action, and then you can end it. With um, a bonus action. You could do the teleportation as a bonus. So you could go and grapple as your action as and an action. bonus action, end it. So, but, like, at level 18, you have ninth, one ninth level spell. So, like, your your main thing is not going to be your features. It's going to be, like, just spell slinging, you know, as much as you really want. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, you got to take that into account, all those... uh other spells and, and the things that you can do, right? So this isn't like, oh, the only thing I can do and I can only do it once. Yeah, okay. I think that's good. What does kind of suck, though, and, and I, I do find to be a downside, is, like, the psionic spells. So it kind of caps out at level 9 there, if you saw that. So the psionic spells you get yeah, with um, just being an aberrant mind is first mm -hmm. level you get Arms of Hadar, dissonant whispers third level you get calm emotions detect thoughts those are both pretty good uh five you get the hunger of hadar and sending both really good seventh you get compulsion avarge black tentacles which if you haven't seen avarge black tentacles i don't know what that is google it, it it's i'm looking at it right it's now. nuts um and then ninth you get modified memory raries raries telepathic bond i've never heard of that last one but, like, so, okay, you get all of this cool stuff, 1 through 9, but then you don't get any more spells after that? Like, you, yes, you get your sorcerer spells, but there's no additional flare spells after 9? Uh, Avard's Black Tentacles. That's a 4th level spell. 1 action. Squirming ebony tentacles fill a 20-foot square on the ground that you can see within range for the duration. Those tentacles turn the ground into difficult terrain. Uh, you take some bludgeoning damage if you're in there, and you can restrain. That's pretty cool. 20-foot square, again, that's going to be most hallways. It, it, it's, you know? it's a crowd control measure yeah. that you can cast around you that, like, okay, you're going to protect yourself even more. What is the raries? Have you have you? So seen yeah, when cast, the spell forged a telepathic bond among intelligent, willing creatures. Each creature linked to all the others. The creature could communicate telepathically through the bond, regardless of language. No special power okay. or influence was established to the bond. I mean, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, you kind of get that telepathic bond at first level. Yeah, you know, but this I think this stays there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. It'd be so. Do you think that's enough? I mean, you get some heavy hitters in there um, that you wouldn't normally have. Arms of Hadar, Dissonant Whispers, so, Hunger of Hadar. I, I mean, just to kind of roll roll all of this into a nice little package, right? I, I yeah. think it's I think it's very very top heavy in, in the fact that maybe it, it bottoms out really easy. And what mm -hmm. I mean by that is much like the Druid, the Druid is such a phenomenal character. Until about level 10. At level 10, mm -hmm. you, you kind of just even out. And you see all of these other classes just skyrocket past you in, going, in yeah. ability. Where you start out really high, but then you just taper off. I feel like this does that too. 
you start out really high, you start really strong, yeah. like levels one through five, you're kind of a badass. Um, yeah. But then, like, <laughs> you just become a sorcerer after that, you know? It doesn't yeah. matter at level 18 if you have 15 AC, because, just, like, you're not in the fray. You have badass, or yeah, should, right. good party yeah. comp to right. be in the fray. But I, I do like the idea of people stepping up at different times, right? So thinking of party composition, if if you're the sorcerer, you're kind of stepping up early, and you're that the hero. And then at a certain point, you're going to kind of level out, pass the torch. Now other people can shine. It's not that you're worthless. It's not that you're you know useless on the battlefield. You do have stuff to do, and you do have a spot in the party. But maybe you're letting somebody else shine for a little bit. But like as a as a player, you know, right, you might get bored. Yeah, that's true. Legendary action uh, could be worse. You could get the druid's final level bonus, which is again trash. Um, what? What is it? I don't know. That. Uh, I would have to double check. I just, oh, okay. All right. Okay. Um, but for me, like the the thing that's frustrating to me, you become arch druid is what it is. <laughs> that's right. Um, let's let's read that real quick. At level twenty. You can use your wild shape an unlimited number of times. Additionally, okay. you can ignore verbal and somatic components of your druid spells. Okay. I mean, like, dude, fighter is amazing at level 20. Um, yeah. So, I like it. I, as a player, would get a little frustrated if I just become, you know, worthless isn't what it says. But if I have just people outclassing me every step yeah. of the way, you're kind of like... Yeah. Well, this isn't fun anymore. Yeah, but as a as a a level five campaign, I think this is a solid choice. I think you're gonna have a lot of stuff to play with. You're gonna you're gonna be able to do a lot. Your hands aren't gonna be tied. If you get to level six, you get some of those other things. But level five to seven campaign, I think you're looking at a pretty solid choice. And, and maybe maybe this is a perfect. Multiclassing. There you go. Uh, oh, ability. I mean, think of that. You take one level in this. You're picking up invasive thoughts, psionic spells, warp yeah. being. Yeah, and you're, you're picking up arms of Adar and dissonant whispers with those psionic spells. You have a your unarmored armor class. So if you went like something else, I mean, it's not bad, man. Yeah. Not a bad, not a bad idea. I think that I think that there's something there, like the this uh, multi-class with it. I like it. I will say, out of the three unearthed arcanas that have come out, um, thinking of the newest one, the Bard and the uh, Paladin, and the old one, the Barbarian and uh, Monk. Monk. I think th these two are my favorite pair that were packaged together. I think they have the most relevant pop culture nostalgia grab yeah. today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like we we've already we've already said that the, I don't like the barbarian being a magic user. It just like right. make it something else. I I know you don't have a lot of depth with the abilities of where you can go with a barbarian, but like. I don't play barbarian right. to cast magic. I play barbarian right. to go and hit right. something. Right. Um, let's let's hit those pop culture. Let's grab in some pop culture barbarians. Yeah. And make look like we're doing here with the sorcerer and the warlock. Right. I, I agree. I like it. That's a good way to look at it. Um, any any final words? I I like them, man. I, I think it's great. Um, you know, there there are some pros and cons. I I think as more of these come out and, and we're going to review next week probably the paladin or the bard whichever yep. one we fancy um we'll flip a coin yeah we'll do that later off stream so you'll be mm -hmm. you'll be wondering if we cheated or not yeah um i want to bore you i like it you know i really like the adding these things to the game it would be fun to do a new class altogether you know maybe not subclasses so arcane artificers pretty cool yeah um, but, I mean, it, it just adds flavor. And I, I don't think these are to the point where it's just going to be the new the new norm, right? Whereas, like, your tried and true PHB subclasses will still be relevant. Right. Right. Oh, I, I think so. Uh, one, because those are most 
accessible that's a word i mean it everybody can get kind of a, a grasp on the php i mean even a free account on dnd beyond you're getting most of the php stuff so it's it's going to be there and it's always a good place to start yeah uh stuff like this is you know like that next level like so if you're just starting start with the php man the There's official account of legendary action you know something like conan the barbarian so we were talking about different pop yes. culture conan the barbarian uh, maybe a stealthier barbarian trope, which would be perfect. So, so kind of more, and you know, uh, something that has to do with a ranger skill. So, like, kind of melding those there two in go. a way that would be great. Yeah. Like, barbarian is typically dumb. Please do not give them magic. <laughs> yeah, it's it 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 feels class like you're doing the dis a disservice to the class. I think, but I do like the idea of like a barbarian ranger. Uh, one that's going to fix your ranger class because it's <laughs> it's going to fix your ranger yeah. class in the barbarian class. Just be By a barbarian just getting ranger. Rid of it. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm glad that this stuff is coming out. I'm glad that we're getting new stuff to play with, and I kind of like that it's all coming out at once. You know, I, let's play with it all at once. Let's talk about it all at once, and then take some time to kind of test it and play through. Yeah, which makes me think. So what do they have in the works? Are they coming out with like another uh, Xanathar's Guide kind of thing? Because Xanathar's was the last one where we got like a bunch of subclasses. Are they trying to get that stuff in uh, playtest, and then it's all going to come out in one? Book, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't give book? that away for free. They, a lot of the a lot of the subclasses in Xanathar's were at one point unearthed Arcana. Hmm. And that there was some a little bit of changing through the playtesting and the feedback that that the players gave them. So like the um, final final call. Yeah, so it's going to be different in the hardcover. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I, I it makes me it. think something is in the works. So, but then part of um, me is like they're, they're – I, I don't want to say that, that I, I haven't been following all of the release modules four years ago because everything I did was homebrew. But, man, they're pumping them out. Yeah. Waterdeep. Waterdeep Dragon or uh, Mad, Mad Dungeon Mage. of the Mad Mage, um, Ghost of Saltmarsh, Descent into Avernus, mm -hmm. all of these like Eberron, Eberron. Man, they are just so. If they're releasing another supplement, maybe too much. Like I get that. <laughs> yeah. I get that D and D has become this thing that everybody's like, oh, I need, I need, I need, I need. But man, let us play with what we got. Like yeah, we play once a week, uh, majority of the weeks. And we have not finished Waterdeep. Yeah, there was a point where I tried to keep up, right? And then it's like you're just getting hammered and pelted with all these new things. And you're like, okay, I got to put put my wallet down. Yeah. And, so, and, and let things rest and, and kind of deal with what you got for a while. Chat, chat's also saying no more modules, please. Yes, s slow down. I, I love it. I love it so much. But I don't yeah. have enough time right. to do all of that. <laughs> But again, are they doing this big push, and then they back off for a little bit, develop some things? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what the I, best I business know. model is. Part of part of me is concerned, and we we touched on this in a different. Uh, it was formerly the podcast. I think D and D is a cash cow right now, and they are milking it for all oh, yeah. it's worth. Um, oh yeah. Part part of the concern is you have all of these big names surrounded it. You know, you have like Beetle and Grimm. You have. Joe Manganiello nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> but you have all of these big names <laughs> surrounding D and D. Yeah. yeah, they're cashing in, and that—that's my concern. And, and and good on them. I mean, you're creating something that people want. I mean, get it while you can. <laughs> I get it, but two like. <laughs> remember that your core fans are our core fans and they they want to be treated right right um they don't i i don't want to feel like i have control over my wallet but i don't want to feel like my wallet is being milked part part you know of what, what I, mean? I would like to see what would be cool and wizards of the coast i know you listen to our little podcast here of course what i would like to see highlight some homebrew content maybe do a feature do a yeah. feature of this homebrew content. Take take one little piece and maybe maybe do a compendium of homebrew magic items. How That's cool a would good that idea. be? 
Man, that's well, all I have. With D and D Beyond right ideas. now, you can put what? That's all I have are good ideas. Oh yeah, duh. That, like, the best ideas. But with D and D Beyond, you have all of the the option to put homebrew in. There is a rating system. You know, we could take that maybe make it into even a soft cover, even a, a compiled PDF on Drive Through RPG, whatever. Where people who maybe don't subscribe to D and D Beyond or don't know it's out there, or maybe just like the hardcover stuff, that it is there, and 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 give a little credit to some of those people that are also contributing to uh, what is D and D Five E that aren't involved directly with Wizards of the Coast. Right. I think there's something there. Right. And dude, okay, if I were writing a module and I made so claim to fame is my little fear trap that I made, right? Uh-huh. If I got that in a Wizards of the Coast book, I would like oh, shit yeah. my pants and yeah. you would you would you would increase so hard the base D and D's base population. Like that's who's making yeah. this content. Joe Schmo who plays D and D one time because he heard it, doesn't give a shit, okay? Be you know yeah. whatever. I'm I'm yeah. off my soapbox. Well, oh, we kind of went down a, a deep dive rabbit hole there for a second, <laughs> uh, but that's okay because it's our show and we can do that. Uh, let's wrap it up. Let's say let's we're we're on board with this sorcerer uh, aberrant mind subclass sorcerer origin, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think it's good. I think it's great. I think it's wonderful. Um, great, great, yeah. wonderful. We we put a couple calls out there to. Uh, People in the chat, uh, wherever you're listening to this, uh, either check us out on Twitter or in the comment section below. Let us know what you think of line of sight. Is a mere line of sight one? Two is uh, what do you think of the sorcerer uh, subclass and the warlock subclass, for that matter? Two, uh, three. Thanks for checking us out. Thanks for listening. I want to say all you people on podcast land, uh, thanks for the love that you're throwing us. Uh, thrown our way. Uh, I see your numbers, and I appreciate it. We uh, did hit a uh, record yeah. listen, which was a which was great. We had almost nine hundred listens in this last month, and that is uh, the most ever for us. And it's it's a humbling experience to see that nine hundred people, probably not nine hundred different people, but a solid core of people. One are person back listening to us nine hundred. One times. person. Listening love you. to us 900 times, I love you. I will but, say, if you're out there, leave us leave us a five star review. Well, oh. if you think it's worth five stars, I, I don't want to say do it, but so we can but get you, higher in the ratings, and then I, we can bring I you more say, great content. Our our iTunes reviews are climbing up there. We're back up to four star. We were down at like one because one guy got a little little a uh, little upset, but we're back. It's okay. Uh, so yeah, but leave us a leave us a comment, it, leave us a rating. Was it the if, yeah. uh, long <laughs> intro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we started editing our shit and uh, figuring stuff out, but, I know. Hey, I'm, we're sorry. <laughs> we love you still. Thank I you for still, that feedback yes. because yeah. it made our show better. Right. Honestly, it did. It, it made us like pay attention to things, and and I'm I'm uh, just again two thumbs up to everybody out there listening, either YouTube, podcast, Twitch anywhere thank you so much uh we appreciate it thanks for sticking with us through uh the rebranding uh we are we are hitting the ground f- full speed here next week guys guys girls the gods we know is session zero that is our homebrew campaign um dm'd by adam aslamas and other players of the channel will be in there uh it's going to be great come in give them some support on their um session zero next tuesday um the 24th and then uh two weeks after that for their first session uh show them the love and let them know uh they're they're doing great stuff seeing the artwork in the chat in our discord about it uh i'm super excited and i can't wait to see him play uh join us again on thursdays for this table talk we're going to talk about the bard or the uh, paladin we'll see and wednesdays we are going to we're, can I officially say we're yes, going to wrap up Waterdeep? Yes, yes. We're going to officially wrap up Waterdeep Dragon Heist next Wednesday, the 25th. Uh, be there for that. You don't want to miss that. We are going to do a review on and it then, on this channel. And I have some. I have written a very strong worded letter 
to the Wizards of the Coast my... for Waterdeep. And I'm just drinking my tea. No, so legendary action. I don't think we're going to do a Vernus. I really want to. Um, what we are going to do is homebrew. It will yeah. have some slight um, influence from the Blood War, which is in Avernus, if you Ooh. haven't read it yet. Which the Blood War is amazing. Sexy. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna shout this guy out, Jordan. Uh, it's J O R P H D A N. The P H <laughs> is silent. He does he does Forgotten Realms lore on YouTube. Man, I will put that on at work and just listen to it. And it has helped me understand like how all of this stuff interacts because yeah. it, it is confusing as fuck. Like I still get I still get confused on the on the years, but he does a good job. He's yeah. great. Jordan J O R P H D A N. <laughs> I don't get it. Don't ask. Yeah. But anyways. So we got Waterdeep wrapping up. We have homebrew coming in after that with some, uh, you know, sprinklings of the blood war, like he said. Uh, super excited. Uh, I'm out of words, guys. It's it's almost Friday. Let's uh, let's show this weekend what's up, guys. All right. So we'll uh, we'll catch you. We'll see you Wednesday, Waterdeep. Bye. Bye.